Welcome to the Dented Puck Podcast. Each week, we'll be talking about the NHL, being visually impaired, and our favorite combination of the two, blind hockey. We'll be talking shop about everything from the equipment we wear to how we've adapted our play style to fit our site. We'll also be talking to members of the blind hockey community and getting to know their stories and what has led them to the sport. We're really glad to have you with us, and we hope you enjoy the show. This is our small slice of hockey, and we'd like to think that it shows that hockey truly is for everyone. All right, and welcome back. This is The Dented Puck, Season 2, Episode Number 5. My name's Drew. As always, I'm joined by Tony and Josh. Boys, how you doing? Doing pretty well. Thank you for asking. How you doing, Josh? Oh, it's been an interesting day, but uh, my phone's out of its 10-hour seizure, and JetBlue might know where my nephew's luggage is, so we're getting better. How about you, Drew? How you doing? I'm I'm doing terrible, but we'll we'll get to that when we start talking about the NHL. Uh, we we have for round number two uh, a guest with us that someone may have accidentally not gotten the uh, recording of, but Dan Tram from the U.S. national team. Uh, welcome, thanks for for coming back, and uh, how's it going? Not too bad, guys. Practice makes perfect. This one should be a little smoother than the last one, so let's have some fun. You know, you would think that, but now that you've said that, we're going to do everything in our power to make this more of a struggle than last time. All right, I like a challenge. I like a challenge. (laughs) Good. Good. I'm glad. You're on the right show. Uh, Okay, guys. Uh, Yada, yada. Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup. That's great whatever Duncan Keith got traded to Edmonton today I that sucks I mean he said he wanted to go live in Canada for his last season or whatever but I know you gotta honor him I mean all right let's uh, okay this is coming from my perspective Marty Brodeur went to the Blues. It sucked, but we kind of pushed him out, and it's not the way it should have happened. Like, if this is what he wanted, like, I, I mean, he's been there for so long, and he's done so much for you guys. Like, if this is, if this, and I mean, it's going to come out. If, if, if he had a hand in it or whatever happened, as long as there was no ill will, I mean, it's, it's how he wants to end his career. That's great. I mean, if, if it's, if they kind of shipped him off, that sucks, and I get it. But like. Uh, it it sucks that Marty Bordor went to the Blues and had like one and a half awful seasons there, um, but like I got it, I got he still wanted to play, I got it, it I got why it happened, but it it I I feel you, man. Yeah, I guess that's the thing, like because I do think he wanted to go, and I do think that because he had a no movement clause, so obviously they had to work with him, he had to have some say in it. So I hope it's where he wants wanted to be. It's still it's just like. For for Chicago fans, you know, we're seeing the last bits of our golden age, you know, leaving the team. It's it's a bummer. I oh, mean, I'd have to agree with you guys. It's got to be uh, hard watching, you know, someone who's, you know, made his career in Chicago. And, you know, obviously it's hard when you want to be close to family, but uh, at least he's not going to Toronto where he's going to let everyone down. So. <laughs> Oh God! Really? <laughs> oh boo! Coming out swinging. Jeez, I'm already down. Just like punch to the back of the head. <laughs> All right, I gotta laugh for you, Jude. So, did everybody see the picture of the cup? Yeah, like bent in on one side. No, well, no. Let's just be obvious. Let's just be honest. It is the dented cup. <laughs> And, and me being a little dyslexic, it's definitely the same thing as the dented puck. And just switch around the letters a little bit. But uh, but really, <laughs> you, you, you said the joke so great. <laughs> but, but really, I mean, the real joke is is that this has never happened to the to the to the Stanley Cup until it gets near Tom Brady, and then of course it starts getting uh, all deflated. Uh, I think that something bad happened to it in '94. That's and now that's why. And and they, go figure. I of course it did. <laughs> yeah, the Rangers went a little crazy with it or something, and now they have to have like a handler with the cup at all times. 
Although apparently that didn't stop the Lightning from crushing it. So well, now they're never going to win a cup again. I mean, I it, I would be interested to see what happens to Tampa this upcoming season. I know they have some people that are that are getting ready to be UFAs, but that okay. Here's a, here's a question for you guys, Dan. Well, you can answer it first. How do you feel about the fact that? Um, using long-term injured reserve and things like that, Tampa Bay was almost $20 million over the cap during the playoffs. Like, is that, is that cheating? Is that just a smart use of the rules? Uh, I mean, it's obviously going to be looked into a little more, you know, in the future, because they were obviously able to get away with it. But, I mean, they used it to their advantage, and, you know, thankfully they didn't have any more, you know, people, you know, injured and out, and, you know, they would have been out just as fast. But I think it's going to be a tactic, you know, future teams are going to, you know, try and use to, you know, handle that salary cap because no one likes being under a budget. Yeah. Well, that's what the Hawks did with uh, Hosa and – Kane, Kane, the one year, yeah, he and broke he broke his ankle. I mean, I mean, Kucherov was hurt, you know, like at one point. Yeah, well, that's kind of the thing. Is that what the, that they're saying that like Kucherov could have come back and they could have played a little more with it? But I can't mm-hmm. say anything because because I'm a Yankee fan. I would. I, I really like. I legit understand now. <laughs> like I, I've always gotten it, but like I get it. They they should have won. Look at that team, and look at what they and look at how they were able to navigate it. And this is what happens. But I mean, they were they were the best team beginning. They they had the best team on paper. Nah, minus minus Toronto. Nah, Colorado. Okay, I'll, I'll get I'll give it to you. But Colorado just didn't make it. Didn't make it there. I'll give you Colorado could have beaten them. I don't. Th- I think that Colorado. Uh, they really flubbed this off season or this postseason. They really underachieved. Yeah, they beat themselves. You know, being an Avs fan myself, they uh, they beat themselves. And but the day after the uh, the Lightning won the Cup, Vegas put the odds for next year's Cup, and I think it's Colorado number one and Vegas number two again. So hopefully, <laughs> it's not a bad omen. Well, and I feel like Colorado, okay, as a Leafs fan, I really like Nazem Kadri. I think he's a, an excellent hockey player, and he's that guy that you need, the energy player that you need on a team. But, man, he cannot stay in a playoff like on any team. I think he's been suspended in each of the last three or four or five playoffs that he's played in. He's a jabroni. Is he? I mean, yeah. like he if he but he's playing because he's defending his teammates or you know, in his head he's doing these things to the the hit that he made on Justin Falk was the most pointless thing I've ever seen in my life. It okay, was only, so so it was so unnecessary to hit him like that. Yeah, you hit somebody when they're going to the middle of the ice, like that's the best place to score on the whole entire ice surface. But, like, I don't know, man. Come on, dude. Like, did you did you watch it? Did you see him? Like, oh, yeah. He didn't target his head by any means, but it's very clearly a headshot. And when <laughs> you've just done nothing but foolish stuff your whole entire career, like, you're going to get... Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's no, I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. Like, I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know the guy. I, I don't even know what the hit was. But like, you first of all, you have a history, and second of all, it's the playoffs. If you're playing in the playoffs and then you're not playing in the playoffs because you were suspended, you are costing your team in literally the time you needed most. No. Hey, he's making way too much to be protected. They're not going to protect him without a doubt because if they pull him off their books, it's a, it's a blessing. And he's the type of player that like can go. It, it's it's it works both ways because he's the type of player that can go to Seattle and create excitement. I don't think he'll. Just go. by 
Why would Seattle want to pick up an $8 million contract? No, no. More for the excitement and the fact that he is social media and that's the off the ice of getting people interested. That's the reason I'd see and, and the veteran presence. Um, but yeah, it's that contract. That's it. That's why they're not protecting him. Hoping that they did, that, that they bite. Hmm. I want to see Flurry go to Seattle and then take him to the cup final again. I think that would be amazing. But I also really like uh, Flurry, so there's that. He's hard Flurry. not to like. Yeah. Flurry's going to win wherever he goes, so. And it's crazy, but it's crazy watching him because he's he's kind of an erratic goalie. Like the he, he's a very acrobatic goalie, which I really enjoy. And I get that that makes him kind of flashy, but you know, you you listen to goalie coaches or or you know people like that, and goalie positioning is supposed to like it's supposed to be positioning. It's not supposed to be those kind of diving acrobatics. So I guess I'm I'm just surprised at his. Uh, resilience in playing that style for as long as he's played and as well as he continues to play it. Totally. But as far as, you know, Taylor Hall goes, you know, he was definitely producing a lot, a lot more with Boston than Buffalo. I mean, I see him, you know, if he wants to be a team player, you know, not asking for so much money and sticking with Boston, but I don't really see him going anywhere. I mean, he could go anywhere. Yeah. I don't see him sticking with any one team, though. Yeah. Being somewhere for a year or two and then moving on. I mean, it seems like he's the wear out your welcome type. I mean, he did it in Jersey. He, 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 he led the league. And then it got ugly. And I don't know how it got ugly. It just never really came out. But he wore out his welcome, and it was bad. And because of that, that team, is, we're still recovering. That's how bad it was is that we've been bad because of that. It just went straight down. But, I mean, if he, but he needs a team like that. He needs a team where there are, he's not a first-liner, and, and, he and he's not going to have a letter. He's going to have to listen to players who are more senior than him. So I, I really think, I hope he stays in Boston because it's kind of a good environment for him or goes to a team like, similar to Boston because he did have a success. Yeah, agreed. Weird. It's weird that I said that I agree with you on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We can split the Taylor Hall jersey, the Taylor Hall Devils jersey. They're still selling for sixty bucks. <laughs> I swear to God, I still see them, and I literally laugh every time. I'm like, guys, you do know, and they, they have no idea. <laughs> well, Dan, as you can tell, um, and from last time when we talked about the NHL, we just kind of go. So we have our three periods with obviously. Uh, today is three periods with Dan Schramm. Uh Josh is going to lead us off. We're going to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, see where it takes us. Are you prepared for this? Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. Here we go, Josh. All right. So this one's the basic one. So you've heard this one before. But, I mean, we've played hockey together. You obviously have a lot of hockey experience and a base of hockey knowledge. Um, so what led you to, and, and obviously through sight loss also, so what led you to blind, finding blind hockey and then finding the U.S. national team? It's kind of a, you know, an act of randomness. I was, uh, you know, with my roommate one morning, you know, getting ready to go to work, and, you know, he was watching the news, and, you know, he saw this little blurb about, you know, some blind kids playing hockey in Denver. And, you know, he was like, hey, you should sit down and watch this before you go. And, you know, I thought he was like pulling my chain, trying to make me late for work or something. He was like, no, no, serious. And so I watched it and it was uh, about the Colorado Visionaries Blind Hockey Club. And, you know, I reached out to Kent and Jeff and say, said, hey, I'd really like to, you know, volunteer. You know, I think I can, you know, help some of these kids out and went to an event and, you know, they started talking and, you know, asked a couple questions about my eyesight. And Kent was like, you should be playing. He's like, you know, my son's on the U.S. team. Like, there's a big opportunity. And he got me in the right direction. And I played in a in the disabled hockey or the blind hockey summit in Minnesota a couple years ago. And Coach Svack found me there. And, 
you know, liked what he saw and, you know, been going like gangbusters ever since. Nice. So uh, you obviously had grew up in hockey because we all had that same reaction is like, yeah, I'd love to coach. No, 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 no. You can play. And we're like, what? So tell me about hockey growing up because there's obviously a, a base of skills and growing up in Colorado, it's, it's a lot different than growing up in New Jersey playing hockey. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, my dad being from Minnesota, he grew up, you know, on the ponds every winter skating, you know, just about every day. And, you know, he wanted to pass that passion along to, you know, myself and my other siblings, we all skate. And, you know, pretty much as soon as, you know, we could walk, he got me into skates and, you know, started with mini mites and, you know, the sticks with the flat blade, you know, not a curve on it because they don't know if you're a lefty or a righty. And, you know, he coached me all the way up through, you know, just about bantam, bantam level. And, you know, as my eyesight got worse, it was just getting a little hard to, you know, uh, maintain the, you know, pace of play and, you know, track the puck. So I stopped playing, you know, competitive hockey in high school and uh, took on some other passions. You know, I was uh, skiing for a, a while and I also, you know, just played men's league with my dad, you know, just to keep playing hockey but not as at a not a, at a high rate of speed like you know the high schoolers were going absolutely absolutely understand so uh tell me about this sight loss and um how and how it affected you and how you've come to basically uh how that's transpired obviously as you said through high school so you know i started losing my vision about mm, like seven or eight years ago. i think i got you know, my first pair of glasses and, you know, it digressed from there pretty rapidly up and, you know, up and through high school. And when I was 14, finally saw, you know, a specialist who diagnosed me with Stargardt's disease, uh, a juvenile form of macular degeneration. So a lot of my, you know, loss of central vision and uh, maintained some of my peripheral vision. And, you know, it was just, you know, learning to adapt and, you know, I kind of isolated myself and, you know, took it pretty hard when I was diagnosed and, you know, just learned to, you know, kind of adapt on my own to my surroundings. And, you know, in some ways it definitely benefited me as far as like, you know, having quicker reaction time because, you know, trying to keep up with all my friends, you know, on the ski hill, summertime, riding bikes and skateboards and all that good stuff. But, you know, on the other side of the coin, you know, it was definitely, definitely a darker time for me. Definitely, you know, felt alone for a long time. And until I finally found this, you know, blind hockey community, and it's totally just been flipped my world upside down in the best kind of way. And just really showed me that there is a community out there. And, you know, we're all, we're all in it together. And, you know, we all have so much to learn from each other and show the world. Absolutely, man. And I've said this a bunch of times. I said it to to, to a, a bunch of our teenagers. I mean, I went through this at starting at thirty, and I can't imagine what and and me with the understanding of what was happening to me and how to make accommodations for myself. And and I give like what you guys have went through going through this as as kids and teenagers. It shows in in the way you guys conduct yourselves and and the way you guys and especially the way you play. Um, and I, I, I've said, and I keep saying it, I will take you on my team any day and I have to defend you and Tim next week. Damn. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to have to get my legs together. Um, I do appreciate this. What I, I want to, I want, I, the last thing I want to ask, I want you to tell me about Col the Colorado visionaries, because I've heard so many different things and I want to hear it from somebody on the inside, like what you guys are doing out there, because I'm really trying to kind of get how everybody is going together before I try to go to the devils and be like, this is what we should be doing everywhere. So I kind of want to hear a little bit about how, you, how it affects you, how you work with them and kind of how it looked in the beginning and how it's transformed. So what is, how are things going and what do you, what do you guys do? Oh, no, thanks. That's a wonderful question. I, you know, Kent and Jeff, they do, you know, a wonderful job running the Colorado Visionaries Blind Hockey Club. And, you know, we're just out there, you know, trying to really spread the word right now and get as many people involved with the program. And, you know, COVID, you know, it was kind of hard and kind of 
put a halt to a lot of our plans, but, you know, now that things are opening up, um, you know, we're doing some more events and holding practices and, you know, we've got a good core group of, you know, there's probably six or seven of us that, you know, skate and, you know, we do, you know, just regular drills that we do on team USA and, you know, we scrimmage and, you know, there's a good, you know, handful of kids that are, you know, really young and, you know, seeing hockey and blind hockey for the first time. And, you know, they're skating around on the chairs and the cones and getting their feet under them. But, you know, Kent is, you know, giving Jeff and I, you know, pretty much, you know, free reign on how we want to run the practice. And, you know, we just, you know, like to have fun and, you know, work on, you know, as many skills as we can in the short period of time that we have together. That's that's awesome, man. I mean, I, I'm so interested in how all these teams are run. And then we got to play each other at some point. But, like, we're all at the same thing. Like, in New York, we were at, like, six or seven. And now now South Carolina's, go- now Carolina's got more players, and we lost the Caputos. So, but, like, that's kind of what we're trying to do. And I know, and I know you guys, it, hopefully, when we start in the next couple of years, we start getting towards the 10, 11, 12, 13, where you guys out there can play each other because it's somewhere close. And mm-hmm. we can kind of get something closer because, like, the, one of the, the coolest thing we did was when we went up to Hartford. When we went to, uh, was it? I wasn't at Hartford. It was um, Bridgeport, and we played, uh, and we played the uh, Brailers on the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. So just the fact that, because I know we're so far behind all these other disabled sports because we just don't have the group to pull from. But I know there are so many popping up, and especially out there with you guys. I just I, I want to go out to, and play these teams, and I want as I was, and I'd love for just these tournaments to end up in places like Colorado and places like well, even Tampa. We can go down to Tampa, Drew. <laughs> um, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. I'm gonna send it over, Drew, who's doing a second period. I will see you next weekend, and uh, take it easy on me. Thanks so much, Josh. Appreciate it, and uh, it should be a blast next weekend in Chicago. Yeah, no problem, man. See you. That's that's the hope, uh, and I, I'm excited to get you all to our our backyard, Tony, in my backyard. Uh, so, real quick before Josh leaves, uh, we were putting together the rosters for the showdown. You guys have a player named Grant Fleur, correct? Yes, correct. seriously. He How has he the best. He has the best name in all of blind hockey. He has to play goalie. Oh, he dude, has it. to be number thirty-one. Like it's not okay. <laughs> no, it's perfect. We were just talking about it at the Avalanche Tri Blind Hockey for free event, you know, not a couple weeks ago, and that's when I found out he was going to the tournament. And he was like, "I thought I saw your name on the roster." You know, I'm so excited for him to, you know, experience this, and like it's his first time, you know, kind of venturing out beyond, you know, just our local program and really seeing, you know, what the the whole u.s you know blind hockey community is all about and you know there's going to be you know a bunch of us from team usa and you know that's definitely one of his goals to you know try and try and make the team and you know i've got nothing but respect for him because he works his butt off every time we're there he listens and i'm just i think it's going to be a lot of fun for him yeah yeah i hope for for the people that are getting their first one and i hope this is I hope this hooks them like my first one did because my first one in uh, 2019 at the summit was definitely what, what kind of got, got the claws in me again. Um, so speaking of that, how, how did your tri blind hockey event go? Do you guys have a lot of people turn out? Yeah, it was a huge success. Um, they actually broke it up into two different time slots. We had one for the younger kids and uh, a slot for the you know adults and you know both of them were pretty full like almost all you know i think all of the volunteers had their hands full with at least one or two other skaters and you know we had lots of other you know ability levels you know some people that you know just liked hockey never skated some people that used to skate and like i actually met a kid where you know kind of from the same area where i grew up and you know he's he's got some good hands and like he's been shooting in his you know driveway garage you know almost every day so we just there you go. need to teach him how to skate and you know that's another kid for the pipeline right there and you know it was it was just wonderful to see 
everyone back on the ice and just all the smiles and you know because it's not about you know strictly hockey you know it's just about getting people out there and out of their comfort zone and embracing what they got absolutely so um kind of on that that same tangent i mean we we talked you're in your you're, you're 29 correct i know we just had correct. this conversation i'm i'm a little older uh i'm 30 i'll be 34 um like you 2026 for the olympics i think is still you know you're gonna still be in your your peak in in blind hockey and, and playing should we make it to the olympics for me you know i'm I'm older. Hope my hope is that the young guys are at the point where they can replace. It, if I were to be on the team, you know, any anything like that, it, or working with the Blackhawks too, like I don't expect to be at that point. Uh, how do you help make sure that you're passing on as much knowledge to these these kids as you can? I mean, I think a lot of it is just you know not holding any back holding anything back you know i think if we see you know enough passion in these kids you know they're going to take it seriously and i think you know each and every single one of us you know just had made different adaptation adaptations because of our you know visual impairments you know we all see something differently and i think it's you know a unique opportunity to pass off something that you know we can all learn from each other basically and i think if we just you know continue to you know pour pour all of our knowledge onto these onto the youth that you know some of it's got to sink in and you know i'm sure you know there'll be plenty plenty more behind them and they can pass it on yeah that's I mean, that's obviously the hope so tell me about um tell me about playing with team usa because you so you you didn't have a training camp you were found at the summit and then you were with the team in Ottawa? Yes. Yeah, that's kind of how it went down. It was, yeah, I think that blind hockey summit was like, I think it was in August, like late August, and they had already had training camp. And, you know, coach found me, and I think he was able to, you know, squeeze me into the, you know, final roster because, you know, it was a, you know, a rush to kind of get all the, all the doctor paperwork in, but, you know, we got it in and, you know, I was at work one day and he gave me a call and said, Hey, you know, it's official. You're on the roster. We locked you in. He was like, how can, how fast can you make it to, you know, Ottawa, you know, getting passport and all that. And I was like, I'll be there. And, you know, it's just, it's been so surreal, even still like, you know, it's all just sinking in. Like we just got back from the Hendrickson foundation, you know, in June and, you know, it was just nice reconnecting with everyone and it just really solidified that, you know, I, I belong somewhere and, you know, it's it's great playing with the team, you know. It's like having a second family and it's just a blessing, you know, being able to, you know, play with everyone and then, you know, all the offshoots, you know, with the learning about, you know, the blind Blackhawks and, you know, what you and Anthony and Luke are doing there and, you know, Josh out on the East coast and all the programs out there and just like really just being blown away by how, how involved everyone is and how, how much of it is like by our, like the work is done by our hands, you know, it's not, you know, other people, not other people, you know, from the outside, you know, a lot of us are taking that initiative within and, you know, having a great support around us, I think is just really cool and just shows how self-sufficient we can be. Before you went to Ottawa, had you seen, had you seen any of the previous games? Did you have any, did you have any idea of what you're getting into when you went to play Canada? Not really, like no pun intended, was definitely going into it blind, like, you know, had a little bit of experience in the, at the summit with, you know, the puck and learning the pass rule and, you know, readjusting to the shorter net. But like, all I pretty much knew is like, hey, you know, playing Canada, you know, no matter what kind of hockey it is, like, it's still hockey at the end of the day, and that's their turf. So definitely built some nerves up in me. But I think, you know, once I finally got on the ice and, you know, realized that, you know, that I was there and, you know, 
it was just, I don't know. It's still so surreal. It's hard to describe. Um, I just like, it was like a rebirth of competitive hockey again. And just made me realize that, you know, I can compete with, you know, the best, you know, across the world. And, you know, we just can't see as well as, you know, the regular sighted guys, but, you know, physically, you know, it, it made me excited and made me feel good about, you know, where I was. That's awesome. And and so what was that first experience like um, play, playing against Canada? And was it, I, I'm sorry, I always get them confused. Were you playing just one team Canada or is this the one where you guys played East and West? Uh, this was a combined team. So this was, you know, the best of the best for Canada. And you know, I was definitely remember being really quiet in the locker room. And like, I hadn't experienced anything like that. Like even in like, you know, high school football or anything like that, you know, like this, you know, when you have, you know, those three letters written across your chest, you know, it means a little more. And then when they played the anthem, you know, that's kind of when it set in and it was like, yo, this is, this is for real. And let's just have fun with it and just do what I do what I know how to do on the ice. And, you know, it's, it's paid off. Yeah, no, I, you're, you're a heck of a hockey player and especially having to play on the other side of you. Um, not, 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 uh, the easiest guy to, to keep up with. Um, do you do you prefer do you still do like regular stick and pucks? Yeah, every once in a while. I mean, I have a I have a pretty busy work schedule, but you know, if I can ever squeeze in some free ice time, I'm always always going to take it up. Uh, and so do you use a regular puck when you do those or do you use, have a blind puck that you have with you? Uh recently I've been uh bringing bringing both um you know kind of warm up with a regular puck and then you know break out the break out the blind hockey puck because it's a little heavier it wears wears out your hands and i think it's just really interesting you know the muscle memory that you know your body picks up you know compared from a, a regular puck to you know the blind hockey puck and you know at first i was definitely like a little you know nervous and you know kind of shy about it like what other people would think and but the more I bring it out, you know, the more of a of a conversation piece and an opportunity to show other people, you know, what blind hockey is about. And, you know, it's really helped me, you know, be more comfortable about, you know, my eyesight. Like, you know, I have like something to show them and be like, hey, you know, this is, you know, one of the adaptations we have. And everyone's like just blown away by it and thinks it's so cool. It, it is interesting how seeing people's different reactions to it. Um, I know that like Josh has had some experiences where the guys get upset because they think that the puck is going to break the glass or something, or, you know, I, all my experiences have been really good. And like you said, like a good starting uh, conversation starter about blind hockey and things like that. Um, so th this will be my last question for you before I pass it on over to Tony. Um, do you, do you prefer the regular puck to the blind puck? Mm, I don't know. I like I like the bigger surface area with the blind puck. I get you definitely get a better feel for it, so I feel a little more confident in stick handling. I feel like the regular puck just moves around a lot quicker and it you know loses it off the stick. So I definitely get a lot lot more confidence you know handling the puck. But I mean, they both have their ups and downs. You know, it's nice it's a good like strength training, you know, shooting it, you know, if you can, you know, roof it on a regular, you know, sighted net, you're definitely going to be able to put the puck where you want in a blind, blind goalie. And, you know, just, you know, learning some different tactics with, you know, the blind hockey puck, you know, instead of going off the boards, you know, really utilizing the glass or flipping it up the middle and, you know, having those skills translate to the regular puck is just, you know, improved my play in men's league even. Oh, awesome. So you are, you're playing in a men's league as well. Yeah. Yeah. I got, got to do something to try and keep the, uh, the hockey legs with me. Um, I play on my dad's men's league team. He's had a team for about, you know, almost 40 years now. They've all been playing 
with each other. So just, you know, trying to be a sponge and get as much hockey sense from them. Because, like, in high school when I was playing with them, that's really when, you know, I was struggling to, you know, work with my eyes and my body together. Like, I didn't have that brain-body connection like I do now. And, you know, the guys would, you know, just, you know, naturally just, you know, take me under their wing and be like, hey, you know, settle it down a little bit. Like, hey, if you go over here and, you know, do this, or if you turn your body this way, open yourself up, you're going to get, you know, you're going to have a better chance of scoring. And it's just been pretty cool playing with these guys. And they love having the young legs because, you know, I'm not afraid to go in the corners and chase it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks for, for answering my questions. I'm going to pass it on over to Tony, and uh, we'll, we'll get on to the third period. Thanks, Drew. Can't wait to see you next weekend. How's it going, Dan? Chaz, I'm doing well, man. How are you? Eh, eh, I've been better, but that's aside from the point. Uh, well, yeah, as uh, as you heard, uh, Josh and Drew a- asked the questions that I was going to ask you. Um, but I, there's always it's always a good time to reflect, and I, I just you know wanted to talk about the two times uh, you went to the Hendrickson Foundation and. You know, what was your experience going into it the first time? And then how about the second time? Because, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't make it to the second one. And I, I missed our photo opportunity with me, you, Doris, and Coach Klein in the photo booth. Oh, I know. Well, the first Hendricks Foundation, let's see, it was uh, all of maybe zero degrees outside and maybe a wind chill of negative 10, but it was my second, you know, second tournament with team USA. So definitely got all the butterflies out in Ottawa and, you know, it was a nice opportunity to, to be like, Hey, you know, we're not playing Canada. It's time to focus on us. And, you know, just being around, you know, the, the team a little bit more and a little bit more intimately, you know, with our small, small meetings and, you know, walking through plays you know, just really getting to know everyone and, you know, seeing how much, you know, they care about, you know, the sport and wanting it to grow, you know, just fueled that passion for, you know, not only hockey, but blind hockey in me and, you know, left that one. And, you know, it was just, it was just in awe by how awesome, you know, all of, you know, our coaches and staff were to us, all the players, you know, our captains, you know, how involved they are with, with the guys on the team. And then COVID kind of came and did its thing. And, you know, last month in June, you know, we were able to get back together and it was, uh, it was a nice little, nice little like anniversary type deal. It was like, you know, the last time we saw, all saw each other was at the same event. So why not, you know, embrace it and enjoy the time and you know make it extra special um you know it was you know not as fun you know being in like single rooms you know we didn't get to share any you know late night scary stories or funny jokes but you know had all our meals together and you know just really really got to to know everyone well and you know it felt like i had you know not missed, you know, a year without them. It was, it was just, you know, cool, casual, everyone, you know, was in good spirits. And, you know, it was a bummer that, you know, Jeff and Chez and Dougie weren't able to make it, but, you know, we definitely worked hard for them and it's just going to be even better when, you know, we all see each other again, you know, in Chicago and training camp. So can't wait for that. And, you know, can't wait to learn more from everyone. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute blast coming up here in Chicago. I'm very excited for that. And the Hendrickson Foundation is beautiful. My favorite part about the Hendrickson Foundation was meeting the other disciplines of uh, disabled hockey and being all under one roof, you know? Oh, totally. I mean, you had the sled division, you know, the special needs division and the wounded warriors and, like, you know, everyone, like, was just there for hockey. It was like didn't you know didn't matter if we were playing with a noisy puck or they were on you know sleds or 
you know, everyone's just there having a blast and, you know, right. and it's just so cool that, you know, hockey really embraces, you know, that part of the community and like, doesn't, you know, doesn't take no for an answer. Like if, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, you know, whether you're missing an arm or a leg or vision or hearing, like hockey's going to, you know, we're going to make it work for you. And that was like the coolest part about it. Absolutely. And that's truly why hockey's adopted that hockey is for everyone. Because uh, like, I truly believe that there isn't a better sport out there for, uh, for in- inclusion like i just think it's one of the most inclusive sports there is oh i couldn't agree more and you know women's and girls you know youth hockey is you know also taken off like wildfire and it's just oh yeah it's it's amazing to see and you know just how much fun and how hard these kids and adults are working you know to put things together and to put on you know a good show right no, it's truly amazing. And I just, you know, having the opportunity of meeting you in uh, Ottawa for the first time and really clicking with you when we had the opportunity to share a room, you know, I often think about, uh, you know, getting that opportunity to meet you. And then when we ate the Tim Hortons at 1230, Oh yeah, a little midnight midnight snack after after playing quite a few games against Canada. No, that was a blast, and yeah. you did a great job, you know, being an ambassador for the team, and you know, kind of showing me the ropes a little bit. Oh, well, thank you, man, and you know that. Quite honestly, you know, when you talked about how you kind of got into blind hockey, that's kind of uh, I, I didn't hear it on the news. Somebody said, "Hey, bud, you should go." see if you can't try and coach this. And then it turned out to be something a lot more than that. And, you know, I, I had the opportunity to skate with the visionaries at one of their practices. And <laughs> surprisingly, it was before you were on the team. And it was an absolute blast. Uh, the Martins do a, a wonderful job with that. And, you know, obviously having you there is a great big help as well. And I hope that program kicks off even more than it already has. Oh, totally. It's it's been fun and I think let's see, were you were you skating with them when uh Belding was still around in Colorado? So Daniel had just moved. Um I did the Triad event the year prior to when Mika Randon was there. I did the one with Colin Wilson and that uh Doris had set up and all the people over there at the uh, Colorado program and everything like that and that was just that was one of the most beautiful events i've i've been a part of yeah no the av i have to tip my hats off to the av avalanche you know organization and you know Rui, who was putting it on did a phenomenal job and you know the ice patrol that was there you know helping us out they said you know it was one of their you know one of their favorite events to work for and you know that says a lot about you know out of all the hockey events that you know their blind hockey event is one of their favorites so right that just means you know it's it's gonna it's gonna grow i truly firmly believe that it will continue to grow what uh what are you looking forward to the most about coming to chicago and having the opportunity to play here Mm, besides having an actual chicago dog i think you know i think having the team a little bit, you know, split up the guys that are on team USA a little bit split up and kind of having some, <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. I came out of nowhere. I think having the team, you know, split up a little bit, the guys on team USA, you know, building a little internal competition, you know, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to most cause you know, it's only going to make us better. Right. And, you know, just being able to like, have a little little less pressure you know we're not wearing you know our usa blue jerseys you know we can just kind of you know kick back and and you know just really embrace you know the local you know blind hockey community and and you know just hang out and have some fun right it's going to be absolutely beautiful drew 
has been and Josh have been working really hard to get this going and you know I've seen how hard they work with the amount of time that they put into it and you know I'm just very thankful somebody is Yeah, 100%, you know, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Drew. I mean, it's, it's awesome what you guys are doing. And, you know, those are the next steps we need to take. And, you know, it's pretty cool what you guys are doing with the podcast. And, you know, it's, it's only a matter of time. I have nothing but, but faith in this. And, you know, we're going to be, you know, just like Team Canada's program, you know, one day, you know, especially with these other countries getting on board. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty crazy happening. All this hockey that's coming up and all those other countries, Sweden, the Czech Republic, Russia, you know, the United Kingdom. They're all, you know, getting ready to start putting teams together and stuff like that. Like, who's to say there isn't a, a team Australia or a team Italy or Team Scotland, like, there's blind people everywhere. No, I I couldn't agree more, and I got a question for you, Chez. And, uh, you know, with the, with the hopes of, you know, Paralympics coming up, besides, you know, playing Team Canada, is there any, any country that you would, uh, you would hope to play, play against that you would think would just be kind of fun, you know, hockey-wise? Well, <laughs> there is, yeah. No, I think, uh, you know, uh, playing the Russians would be special. Uh, but I think the playing Team Sweden would be, like, the coolest thing in the world. Uh, I'm not Swedish to my knowledge. I'd have to check my uh, WebMD. Oh, no, that's not what it's called. My 23andMe, 20, <laughs> whatever it is, to see my genetics. But I I, uh, I don't know. There's something about Swedish skating and the culture of Sweden that I've always found interesting. And, you know, I hope maybe we'll go to – maybe we'll go there or maybe a place like Finland, like Helsinki, Finland. Like, I think that would be so cool to go there. I think yeah, Sweden that's beautiful. That's kind of what I was thinking. If I were to go anywhere, I think you know Sweden or Finland would be probably some of the coolest places. Oh man, yeah. just to, just to stay, even aside from the hockey, but just to stay there for like maybe a week or something like that, and really in like the see the mountain ranges up there and stuff like that. Like I imagine. That just has to be so beautiful. And I'm assuming that the air is a lot cleaner than it is hair. So. Yeah, one could only imagine. <laughs> well, uh, how about you, Drew? Where would you want to go? England. Okay, like Edinburgh? Uh, I think that's in Scotland. I, You're right. I, uh... That's the same thing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 That'll make Nathan Nathan Tree upset. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were lucky and got to go to uh, England with my parents a couple years ago, and uh, oh, wow. I would definitely, I would definitely want to go back. I, it's it's awesome because it's a much older, still foreign country where everyone speaks your language. So, oh, that's a good point. No, and. We we also got to go to France and je suis. You know, I only had one person be rude about the language barrier, uh, and really, yeah, everyone else was fine. Everyone else was like, "Oh, stop trying to speak French here. Let me speak to you in English." <laughs> so <laughs> that's always nice. At least they're accommodating. Yeah, for sure. But England, yeah. I, I would love to go there to play hockey. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting, you know, one of those non-traditional, you know, hockey countries. And, you know, they obviously go nuts for soccer or football. But uh, I think if they embraced hockey, I'm sure, you know, they bring that same energy into the into the crowd. And that would definitely be exciting to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to see Abbey Road. Yeah, that's 
I, I feel like for for a tournament like that, you're probably talking about like six six other teams from around the world. So the 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 amount of time you'd have to be there would probably be at least a week, probably two. That's a good point. It would probably be two to three weeks because with the round robin games and then the the quarterfinals, the semifinals. Yeah, Dude, yeah I think yeah, I think you know, on Hendrickson Foundation, you know, we were talking about you know physical fitness and maintaining that. But coach, you know, saying you know World Cup's probably going to be you know ten days of just you know games, and then you know uh, Paralympics is probably going to be you know fourteen, you know fifteen days of games. I'm I can't wait for that to happen because I miss those days. Those are the days of hockey that I, I, I miss. And I, if, there's, if my only thing with Team USA hockey, I just wish we could see each other more, man. We'll get, we'll get there. We're growing the sport. You know, hopefully, you know, with some more fundraising and, you know, some more exposure through these events. And, you know, especially this, you know, showcase that you guys are having. Like, I think that's just going to, you know, we're oh. talking about being together more yeah so no i I mean one of the things you had brought up was the fact that you know hopefully we'll do more fundraising or or pick up a sponsor or something like that and you know i gotta be honest with you i want to approach the chef oh yeah do you know who i'm talking about Uh, if you're referring to me maybe yep nah i'm talking about mr boy rd I think it's time that we get a Team USA Blind Hockey Chef Boy RD sponsorship going. Chef Boy RD, all right. That or I think I'm going to go just start going to local hot dog places and be like, hey, I would exclusively eat your hot dogs if on Saturdays from the hours of 12 until uh, 4, 25%, <laughs> 25% of your hot dog sales. Or not twenty five percent. Five percent of your hot dogs uh, sales goes towards blind hockey, whether it be Team USA, the Blind Blackhawks, any club that needs it. No, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, man. And when you like hot dogs, the amount that I do, you know, they can maybe do a Ches dog, the chili Ches dogs. Ooh, here we go. Yeah, something. What's your favorite? Uh, oh, you don't even you've never you've never been to Chicago, have you? Not not since I was like uh, I think I was like ten or eleven when I was there last. <laughs> when my grandma was still alive. <coughs> Excuse me. I, it's it's not bad. I think you'll like it. Uh, you'll definitely have the opportunity to have some nice food, but you're a chef, so you know. You might be all right on your own. <laughs> no, I'm just excited to see the city and, you know, excited to see, you know, where some of my teammates come from and, you know, hang out with their families. You know, hopefully get to spend some time with you and your family, Chez. Yeah, that's that's the plan. And that it'll be a good time. We'll make sure that you get some real Chicago food and not what these people try to imposter is Chicago food. And... You know, by Chicago food, I only mean the stuff that I like. So, That's well, you're pretty cool. much a native, so I take your word for it. A native, yeah, yeah. Essentially, I'm a I'm a native Carol Streamian. So that about do it for me. And and uh, for my questions on this period, thank you for always taking the time to not only be a great teammate but a great friend uh, and a great brother. You know. It's only, I, I can't believe we've only known each other for a short two and a half years, but it feels like I've known you for about 20. Oh, well, I appreciate that, Chaz, and, you know, I can say the same to you, and, you know, thank you for your, you know, added, you know, hockey knowledge. Like, you know, you've you've definitely helped me improve with, you know, your higher level skills, and, you know, I just want to continue to learn and get better from you and, you know, just help the team out. Yeah, absolutely, man. And any time that you ever 
have any questions about anything, just give me a call. Always, okay. man. For sure, brother. All right, I'm going to pass the puck back to Drew. All right. So, you know, we ask a question at the end of every every guest we have. Um, last season, we, we kept it the same one. This season, I feel like we've been just picking what's best. So I'm going to ask you, uh, what do you think we need to, to do to continue to grow and, and to, you know, like you said, in a couple of years, we'll probably be as big as, you know, the Canadian uh, organization. So how do we how do we make sure that we just keep adding more people? Yeah, I th I think that's a fantastic question. You know, it's not an easy one. There's definitely not a v straightforward answer, but, you know, continuing to work with the people in our program and, you know, reaching out, you know, through, you know, alternative means, you know, whether it's, you know, through family, friends, or, you know, different, you know, disabled organizations, not, necess not necessarily visually impaired, but I think, you know, networking is is a good tool and you know always can help you find a lead you know somewhere you might least expect it um i think you know what you drew and josh are doing to you know get this showcase going you know i think that's you know another critical step we need to like really legitimize the you know competitive side of blind hockey and you know i think after this and you know, maybe another one. I'm I'm sure we see quite a, an uptick in you know interest in in the sport and you know getting people you know on the bandwagon per se. Yeah, yeah, that's the hope. And I mean, I I do feel like blind hockey is one of those things that you have to see it in order to to understand it. You know, we could explain it to as many people as we want, but until they've actually seen us play, they're still going to think that we're a bunch of blind guys bumping into each other on the ice. Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, sticking with the youth, you know, because there definitely is a bit of a youth movement, like, you know, that I've noticed. And, you know, the ones that, you know, show interest in it, I think, you know, the more, you know, the more diverse, you know, we can get Team USA players out on, you know, into the local programs and, you know, showing the kids like hey here's something you can you know work towards if you really want to like the opportunities there you know i think you know like with grant in our program you know having jeff and myself on the team like it puts him in a pretty good spot you know to learn and and see what it takes to to get on the team and you know you got anthony chez and you know luke in chicago and you know i think you know having players like that will really, you know, help solidify, you know, the youth movement. Absolutely. Well, and the fact that you guys are also willing to impart your knowledge to anyone that will listen is, is a big part of that. Yeah. And it like, I don't know, that event we had with the abs a couple of weeks ago, just really, really made me realize like I, I isolated myself from the blind community and, you know, and I think, you know, finding that kid who's, you know, kind of a local around here. And I think, you know, because I never reached out and never had, you know, anyone to kind of show me the way around the blind community. I think it gives me an extra opportunity to, you know, be that person I wanted for him. And, you know, really pass on my knowledge. And, you know, I think it'll help, you know, get me to where, you know, that next level of, you know, helping the team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, are can can people find you on social media? Do you do that, or you you pretty much? Yeah, I I I do. I you know busy with work. I try not to consume my life with social media, but I'm on you know Instagram and Facebook. You know, Facebook's you know Dan Shram. You can find me probably through the you know U.S. Blind Hockey one and. Instagram is uh, Instagram eight, so you can always find me there. Nice. I like I like that. Um, well, for the three of us, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out of your day again to to come on and record. It was really appreciated, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in a, a week here. Sounds great, guys. It was a lot of fun today, and uh, hopefully, we can do a couple more of these. I really enjoyed being on. 
And that's going to do it for this episode of The Dented Puck. We post new content every Thursday on Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at The Dented Puck and on Facebook at The Dented Puck Podcast. Send us your questions and correspondence to thedentedpuckpodcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you in the next one.